Hello, my darlings. You are listening to Healing in Doses, a place where we talk all things astrology, healing, and magic one spoonful at a time. I am your host, Siobhan, owner of Sweet Immunity and a believer in all things magnificent. Now, when I talk about the purpose of healing in doses and I reflect on 2020, I realize how fickle intentions can be. But I could not let this moment unfold without tapping into the collective as we all try to make sense of the beautiful portal opening on December 21st. Now, I don't know about what you heard all over Instagram, and I am certainly, certainly not co-signing whatever the hell is going on via Twitter, but I will say that this is a moment to feel grateful, loved, and expansive. What a time to reincarnate, my darlings, don't you think? Of all of the moments, of all of the points in history, you are here now, today, right now, right on time. So what is happening on December 21st? Well, two things. One, I'll talk about a little bit more than the other. We have a winter solstice and we have the great conjunction. The winter solstice occurs every year. Mid-December is a time where we welcome winter and the season of Capricorn. This is where the earth takes her rest and recovers from a long harvest cycle. After a big harvest, the winter solstice closes out our year. This is where we celebrate and celebrate all around the world, mind you. So wherever you are listening from, this will not be a US-centric ideology because every community, every indigenous community, every Aboriginal community, every modern community, whatever you are, wherever you celebrate, this is a ripe time for goodness. People feast, they dance, they drink, they connect to their loved ones, to their friends, to celebrate the bounty that this year provided. Now, this has been a remarkable year for some, filled with bounty, for others, filled with loss. However, if there's one thing that we can all even slightly remotely look forward to, it's the Great Conjunction. Now, on this day, we welcome the highly anticipated and much celebrated union between Jupiter and Saturn. The conjunction, or a conjunction, is a very fancy word for next to, or brought together, or yoked together, depending on who you talk to. What it means is that both Saturn and Jupiter will be at the same degree, zero degrees to be exact, in 28 minutes if you're counting, in the sign of Aquarius on December 21st, bringing together a moment in time that we haven't seen in almost 800 years. Jupiter and Saturn come together every 20 years or so, so it may not seem like that's a big deal. And with every union, there is a shift in culture and society. But the significance comes here when the triplicity or elemental change occurs in their partnership. This time, we will be welcoming the conjunction in Aquarius at the exact same degree. So these planets aren't just together. They're not just moving really close to each other. They are occupying the same point, the same space, conjoined almost, in a whole new elemental sign. We go from Earth to air. And so we are subsequently closing out a cycle of Earth energy where these partnerships were occurring in Capricorn and Taurus and Virgo. Now we welcome 
a new frame of reference for how we think about not just the next 20 years, but the great cycle and elemental cycle of Jupiter and Capricorn in the air signs. So what was once grounded, what was once rooted is now ready to take flight. To understand this a bit further, you must understand the nature of Saturn and Jupiter. It is our collective and individual burdens, barriers, our work in the world. It is our vision and stability. It is our fears, but also our solutions. It is the clarity and the ending to what we know must go and the welcoming of what is a catalyst for our salvation. Saturn requires our attention, our focus, and our top-notch work ethic to see things through. Saturn helps us define our limits and also shows us where it is safe to play. I pity, I pity the fool when it comes to Saturn with an empty heart, an irresponsible nature, or someone with a reduced layer of integrity because Saturn don't play that. This planet helps you build and rebuild. As long as you are ready to put in that work, for laziness is not your salvation, okay? It is not your ministry. Jupiter, on the other hand, shows us where we can expand, where we can express, where we can see joy, where we see luck, where we see new beginnings. Jupiter shows us what is fair, just, and gives us insight into the higher octave of love. Jupiter believes in optimism, abundance, excess, and extravagance. Where Jupiter sits in your chart can show you where you are most lucky, where you are most abundant, but also where you are prone to overdo or misuse your energy. Sometimes there is a such thing as too much of a good thing. So when you think of Jupiter, know that it is a place to play, but it is also a place where things can get out of control. Jupiter enables the impossible to become possible. It shows you the light at the end of a long road or comfort after a long day. When these two planets meet, they allow your emotions, aspirations, and hopes to find form. They elevate the wisdom and strength needed to face your fears and see your dreams to fruition. They demonstrate the ability to embrace your light and your shadow to become a whole being in this world, to show us where we begin and our dreams end, to enable us to recharge and rechart the course we've been on for so long. That hamster wheel, that cycle of self-doubt, the constant self-sabotage some of us love so much. Jupiter and Saturn ask us at this moment, how about we find a new way, okay? How about we do things a little bit differently, okay? How about we see ourselves in a different frame of light? How about we connect with new people, new places? How about we get past our boundaries to bond? How about we merge in a mindful, sincere, and mature way? That is what this conjunction unveils for us as a collective and as we will see in not too short of a time, how that unveils for you individually based on where the zero degrees of Aquarius exist in your chart, what house 
Aquarius occupies and how this conjunction manifests and can manifest in your world. Now, before we get into all of that juicy goodness, we got to talk a little bit about this air sign situation. Because moving from a tour in earth signs to one in air signs is no small feat. These planets, along with Pluto, the planet of death, rebirth, and transpiration, transformation, have been giving the 10th house, that is the Capricorn house, right? They've been, they've been serving in that house. They've been dismantling in that house. They've been rebuilding in that house. They've been giving opportunity, but they've been forcing you to work very, very hard in that house, right? So for all of the Capricorns, and particularly those of you that have Capricorn governing your 10th house, it felt like you never stopped working, especially in 2020. Now, the thing about the collective 10th house, because we've all been working just in different ways, this house represents not just your vocation, but your calling. What do you want to be known for? What is the impact you want to leave on the world? Now, these two planets are moving into the collective 11th house of hopes and dreams. So even if this conjunction sits, let's say, in your second house or your eighth house, the idea of hopes, dreams, wishes, and the collective consciousness and thinking about groups and thinking about tribes, instead of it being all about you, maybe it's all about us, That energy takes itself no matter where this conjunction exists in your chart. The question for us all becomes, what do we wish for? What is the new path? Where can we infuse new energy, innovation, and thought processes into some really old stuff? What are our dreams in this area of our life? And who in our collective consciousness and our collective circles our tribe, our community can help us get there? Who can we help to serve in them getting to their dreams and the wishes they seek for the world? Do they need help, whoever they are? What wisdom do you have to share with them? What wisdom do you have to share with yourself? Jupiter and Saturn bring that force wherever it is, all to add form to whatever is formulating in your heart, to add form to the things you thought were once formless and abstract and simply cute musings of your mind and of your heart. This is an opportunity where you can make it real. And so what does it mean now when we think air and in particularly think Aquarius? Aquarius energy is the energy of the higher mind. That's what I like to call it. It is ripe with collective power. I always say, Aquarians, they love humanity, but they hate humans. They hate the petty little problems. They hate the silly stuff. If it doesn't benefit everyone, is it really beneficial? That's the question of Aquarius. It is an energy that is self-sustained. I've really never seen a needy Aquarius in my life. They have the ability to simply regenerate their own energy. They are the water bearers. They simply move the knowledge and truth around. 
And so they are invested in the collective interest of the community. Aquarius energy is where we build community, honestly. It's where we firm up and shore up our ideals. I've also never met an Aquarius that had a hard time telling you what their position was (laughs) as it relates to anything, let alone (laughs) as it relates to how they feel. It is a sign ruled naturally by Saturn and Uranus. Saturn and Aquarius is very different than Saturn and Capricorn. Saturn also rules Capricorn. All my Capricorns know that because they've been feeling it for the past three years. However, in Aquarius, Saturn is again at home, but the house is shaped much differently than the one in Capricorn. This house, this Aquarius house, is where Saturn can be a little free, free to enjoy what he has built. Saturn is less concerned with the form and more concerned with how barriers can be broken. Now that there is a safe foundation to launch, Saturn is less fearful of flying, less fearful of many things. In Aquarius, Saturn has dreams. He reconsiders, he redesigns, he is open to what is new and what is fathomable beyond form. Again, bringing form to formlessness. So where this event happens, you think about all of that put together, Jupiter and Saturn, the light and the shadow side of consciousness, the light and the shadow sign, the blessings, the burdens, but also the expansion and the wisdom, also blessings. And that's the thing, both Jupiter and Saturn are planets that bless you. Everyone talks about all the dreadful Saturn return. If you chart Saturn through your own life cycle, you will find some of the most powerful and blessed moments of your life have occurred when Saturn maybe was squared its natal position in your chart, right? Usually there's some sort of crisis of consciousness when Saturn is in opposition to the place it was when you were born. But one thing is for sure is that Saturn does bring blessings. It just doesn't bring them easy. With Saturn, you may not have something just fall into your lap out of nowhere as like a gift from the cosmos. It is definitely something that you are working towards. And if you are working and if you are being mindful and if you are being discerning, it brings you gifts. And Jupiter is known to bring gifts, but Jupiter is also known to be too much of a good thing. And so sometimes you'll find that in places where there is Jupiter, in times of your life, you may have gone a bit overboard. You may have over sensationalized something. You may have bitten off more than you can chew and it may not have been the best time. So both of these planets have their internal light and dark elements. So when they merge, they take the best of each other, just like in a great marriage, just like in a great business partnership, just like in a great relationship you have with your family. You take the best of each other. As my mother would say, you chew the meat, you spit out the bones. And so now we're at the meat and they are connecting to make things happen that are truly here to take you where you want to be. And so where this event happens in your chart on the 21st and the aspects it makes other planets in your chart will give you some insight into where the revolution will occur. I have to add that because, you know, Aquarius is also ruled by Uranus and Uranus comes in and shakes things up. Uranus is about revolution. 
It's about the breakthrough. It's about destabilization so that something new can be birthed, right? It's that breakthrough moment. And so Aquarius has that nature to it. This conjunction will give it a bit more juiciness and a bit more stability, but that's the energy. And so it, it's forcing all of us and kind of pushing all of us to stay light, stay on your toes, stay easy, stay agile, stay flexible so that the universe can work its magic. Now I'm going to pause here because this is the point in time in life where you go, you go say pause, you reflect, but you go grab that birth chart because coming up, I'm going to go through each and every house where Aquarius sits. So based on your rising sign, not where your sun is at, based on your rising sign, your ascendant, that will let you know where Aquarius sits in your chart. So even if you don't have your chart, I will call out the ascendants and I will call out the house that corresponds if you have that ascendant. And if you want a little bit more information about that for yourself, this is where you go ahead and you get your chart done. This is where you go ahead and you find yourself on the internet and you pull it up for yourself. But uh, I will go through them and we'll see how this conjunction can touch each part of our life in a different way, depending on where you are in your journey and how your birth chart is configured. So let's go ahead and pause now, my darlings, grab that birth chart and I'll be right back. And we're back, my darlings. I didn't grab me a good cup of tea, herbal tea, of course. And I am ready to dive deeper into the houses and where this Jupiter-Saturn conjunction is going to make the biggest impact at zero degrees Aquarius, wherever Aquarius governs in your chart. So for some of you just uh, jumping on board for the first time, we'll do a quick astro run through. First off, I will be looking at the houses based on the position of your rising sign or your ascendant. The ascendant rules the first house. So the first house lets us know where all other signs are positioned within your chart and the planet sets it within them. So based on your rising, I will be calling out the house where Aquarius sits and therefore where the Jupiter-Saturn conjunction will be occurring at zero degrees. So if you know your rising sign, just hold on to that in your heart. You'll hear it called soon enough. If you have your birth chart with you or on your phone, if you're using CoStar, any one of these nifty astro apps, just go ahead <laughs> and pull that up later or pull that up now, you know, whatever you'd like to do. But I I will be starting with the rising, going over the houses, and discussing what this uh, Jupiter-Saturn conjunction can do for you. Now, for those of you that don't know the houses that well, I did a couple of um, episodes on, or I did an episode on a couple of episodes ago. That's probably the best way to say it. But I do talk about the houses in a little bit more detail. And I will give some indications of the nature of that house too, because I think it helps explain what the opportunities are, what the significators are, what the merging of energies could potentially ignite within that space. And to, in order to do, so, do that, we'll have to touch on the chart at its baseline properties, its baseline attributes. So don't you worry. For just context, 
the astrological houses represent areas of your life. So when we're talking about this conjunction, we're talking about what area of your life is it going to hit? We talked about the collective 10th house and the collective 11th house. And so that is where in the chart of the world today do these planets exist and where were they once and where are they moving to? But that is different when you look at it on an individual level. So this is the shop to do that. Okay. All right. First up, are my Aquarius rising? So for those of you that have Aquarius as your rising sign, this conjunction is happening in your first house, my darling. Zero degrees, Jupiter, Saturn conjoining in this one magnificent point. Zero degrees is the seed energy. It's the birth energy. It's year zero. It's the zero point. It's the zero year of birth. It's that starting line. And so the energy is so pure. It's so innocent. It's so untamed. And so the potential is so much greater. Think about that when you think about the first house. The first house is the house of the self. It's the house of you. It's the house that defines the pathway that you will take in order to realize and manifest the promise of your sun sign. So the sun sign, I always say that the sun sign is who you are trying to be. It is who you were born to be, but not who you are just yet. The other planets in your birth chart, in the respective houses, they will govern the types of soul and physical manifestations and evolutions that may occur for you along your journey, along the journey to realizing the sun. But that rising sign is a promising indicator of the path you should be taking, the context for which you see the world. And so if you have an Aquarius rising and Aquarius is ruling your first house, the questions to ask at this juncture for this conjunction is, Will this change how you see yourself? How you see the world? The context for where you frame your reality? Maybe you've been wanting on a physical level, a new look, a new wardrobe. Maybe your style has evolved. You know, Aquarius is out there. And so that futuristic vibe, maybe you've been wearing a lot of silver, a lot of golds, a lot of metals lately. Maybe you've been experimenting with different colors for your hair, for your uh, coats, for your socks, for all sorts of weird, quirky things to demonstrate your individualism. Very Aquarius, honey, very Aquarius. And so maybe it's happening there. Maybe it's happening as an outward expression because how you present yourself in the world is a reflection of how you see the world and how you see yourself in it. Maybe this is really changing how you think about your life. Maybe you've been looking for the drive or the hope or the will to go forth with your dreams. The first house carries your ascendant, your rising sign. And your rising sign is the path to fulfillment of your sun sign. It's how you get to be the Taurus. It's how you get to be the Leo. It's how you get there. And so now, when you think about this conjunction setting off a 20-year cycle, how might your path change in the next 20 years? What innovations will you come up with? What new things will you build and see? How has that bucket list of yours evolved, especially in light of what 2020 brought all of us? This is a great time to review what you want your life to look like. And that's all of it. The first house is kind of like your first year of life. 
So at that point, you don't really know. You don't know how it's all going to shake out. You don't even know where your nose is. <laughs> you have no idea what's going on. But in this example, you are more mature and you may not know what the path is going to look like, but you know you have an opportunity to redefine or put out there or initiate or set intentions around what you want it to look like. So where are the opportunities going to come and the resilience and the wisdom going to come as you navigate a new way of living your life, a new way of approaching your career, a new way of approaching your physical body, a new way of approaching your aesthetic, a new way of approaching how you uh, how you manifest relationships, how you manifest new business opportunities, anything, right? The first house is really anything. The other houses are more specific, but the first house, the first house is the beginning. So how will you approach new beginnings? Remember, Jupiter and Saturn. Jupiter and Saturn. Pulling together. What new beginnings are going to arise in the house of beginnings. For those of you who are Capricorn risings, that means Aquarius governs your second house, the house of value, the house of money earns. However, it's also the house of security and what makes you feel safe. What does this conjunction push forward for you and how you redefine your self-worth? Maybe you've been struggling with your self-worth. Maybe you've been struggling with defining what makes you feel safe, what makes you feel secure. And everything that you've done, everything that you've bought, second house, or every job that you've taken, second house, may not be offering you the security that you want so badly. Jupiter and Saturn, they're here now. They're here to get you thinking differently, better, newer, faster around what truly gives you security and then giving you the opportunity to go after that for a pretty long time. This is the house of what we value, desire, and again, what makes us feel safe. So the conjunction is opening up a pathway for you to possess second house possessions and acquire the very things and the very emotional energy so it's not always physical. Sometimes it is in the soul, in the spirit of what makes you feel secure and what defines your values. This will help unearth what actually makes you uh, feel a sense of groundedness and what gives you that foundation so that you can fly. How does, equally, your community contribute to that security? Do you have individuals or situations that you're engaged in that don't amplify your sense of self? Do you have anyone in your community that may be damaging or obstructing a high sense of self? Jupiter and Saturn will help you deal with that and also present you opportunities to elevate your self-worth, to elevate your sense of self and your sense of identity as you evolve in this world so that you can be everything that you want to be and have everything that you want to have and that it's meaningful. From a collective perspective, what do you currently possess that you should be giving away, that you should be offering to others? What do you have, right? Aquarius is self-sustaining energy. So 
What abundance do you have that you can now share, that you should be sharing, that you are encouraged to share with the collective so that they can also feel valued and so they can also have value because you have so much to give. For my Sagittarius rising, Aquarius rules your third house, the house of communication, the house of our childhood. How how have you shared your voice? Is there a message that you need to get out to the collective? Where is that book? (laughs) Where is that podcast? Where is that newspaper? Where is you on the radio? Where is you speaking at engagement, speaking on the internet, speaking at places so that the world can hear you, so that your soul tribe can hear you? Where is your voice at work? Where is your voice at home? Is it subdued? Is it muffled? Time to break out. Time to get elevated. The third house is all about communication, but it's also about our siblings, our neighbors, our schoolmates, right? On the birth evolution, we're a little bit older now. We're going to school. We're in our local communities. We're going to the, the, the um, YMCAs, the Boys and Girls Clubs. We're connecting, right? That's, that's what life was once, <laughs> right? And so the concepts are still there, even though our life is a little different now. The concepts are still important. Think about those people. Are you still friends with those people? Do you want to be friends with those people? Do you want to reconnect with people you lost from back in the day? This is the time for connections and even reconnections. It is about new and innovative, but sometimes it's about a new way of thinking about an old problem or a new way of thinking about an old situation or a new way of thinking about an old place. What are you hoping to think and renew about your community? What are you hoping to share with the people that have shaped your life? What places do you need to go in order to foster a sense of self or attain a different set of knowledge? The third house does rule travel, but it rules uh, immediate travel and immediate from an astrological sense means the country of origin, right? So if you are in France right now, where else in France can you go to rediscover a new perspective? If you are in the United States, where in the United States haven't you visited? There's a lot of the United States that people don't go to because we have high levels of population density, but there's a lot of good stuff in this country if you're willing to take the trip, if you're willing to take the drive. And depending on your level of comfort, that might be an idea. Doesn't have to be the only idea. That's just one thing that the third house represents. Maybe, again, it's not about going somewhere physically, but going somewhere in your mind. Are there some books you need to read? Are there some articles in your local newspaper, third house? Maybe you need to pick those up and start expanding your mind and your connections that way. This is a wonderful time for the Sag Risings to initiate how you want your voice to be heard, how you want to expand your mind, to share your visions, to tap into your community, to see how you can help support, what knowledge and information can you share with them, to change your experience of that place. My Scorpio Risings, 
Aquarius rules your fourth house. Home. Mm, home. Home is not just a physical place in the fourth house. Home is also an emotion. Home is also a feeling. It is the ancestral source of our being. It is where we retreat for comfort. It is who we are when nobody is looking. This is a place where if revealed, shows the real you. The real you. The real you that someone may not know until they live with you. The real you that someone may not know until they visit with you for a long time. The real you. Your habits. The core density of who you are. The stuff that you inherited from your parents, from your grandparents, all the way up the line and down the line. The great conjunction in this house is a powerful point of rediscovery and reformation. What patterns of your childhood need to end? What patterns of your childhood need revisiting, need rethinking? How are you barricading yourself from deeper connections with people because of something you learned from your dad or your mom or your grandmother or your grandfather? also human beings going through their own evolutionary process and gave you the wisdom they thought was wisdom based on all that they had to give. Doesn't make it wrong, but maybe it's not so right for this time in your life. How can you break free from that pattern, from those habits that were defined in the earlier stage of your life? so that you can lead a new path and see home from a different place. What makes you feel at home? Is it the same things that made you feel at home 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago? Maybe not. Jupiter and Saturn will help you find the new way of experiencing what it means to feel at home. Now, on a mundane level, it might actually be a physical home we're talking about. Are you in the place physically that you want to be? Are you in the right house? Do you like your neighborhood? Do you like where you live? Do you like being in an apartment? Do you now want to buy a house? Do you have a house that you want to unload and you actually want something smaller? Are you looking to live somewhere different? That's also fourth house stuff. So it can be both physical and emotional and spiritual. Whatever it is for you, that's up to you. That's up to what you've been going through. That's up to the planets in your fourth house. One thing is for sure is that Jupiter and Saturn are going to be there to ignite an opening for you to see and tap in to these areas so that they can be redefined, both physically and emotionally. My Libra rising. Oh, my Libra rising. Libras, you have Aquarius along the fifth house. One thing I want to tell you first and foremost is that Libras, the Libra risings in particular, remember that it is never too late to have a happy childhood. Remember that it is never, ever too late to have a happy childhood. The great conjunction in the fifth house defines a spark of creation 
of initiation itself. The fifth house signifies joy, romance, sex, dating, children, self-expression, creativity. When is the last time, Libra rising? When is the last time you danced? When is the last time you sang? When is the last time you painted or you drew a picture? When is the last time you experienced a good laugh? When is the last time you made love? The time feels good right about now. I like this time. This is a good time to do all of those things, I think. This is a time to break free and enjoy yourself. Yes, you can enjoy yourself, even when the world feels like it's crumbling. In fact, in fact, that's the point in time where I think God wants you to enjoy yourself the most because it means you still have faith that good is possible. This might be a great time to throw on some music, whatever genre you like, and literally just dance by yourself with your pet. I don't care if it's a goldfish. Just dance. They'll dance too in the water. They'll hear the rhythm. They'll get the they'll get the they'll get the sonos. <laughs> they'll get it in the waves. They'll they'll see what's going on. This is a great time to think about romance a little existentially. You don't have to be in a partnership to have romance and infuse romance in your life, to have poetry, to have decadence to live fancy, to express yourself, to be sexy, to feel nurtured. You don't have to be partnered. You can do this by yourself. In fact, you should know what it feels like by yourself so that if you do decide to partner, you can teach your partner what it means to show you romance, to show you a good time. What do you want to create this is all creative energy in the fifth house. What do you want to create for the next 20 years? How do you want to infuse joy in all that you do and in all that you are? What does that look like? It can look like a lot of things. Sounds like a great time to get started to me. Now my Virgo risings. Aquarius is on your sixth house. which I think is fantastic <laughs> because naturally in the natural zodiac, Virgo rules the sixth house. So how cute is that? How adorable is that? This is your work in the world. This is your work in the world. What is it? How do you serve the collective? Because the sixth house is all about service. It's all about work. It's all about work ethic. It's also about health and vitality and the interplay between the act of working and our health. It's also about service and sacrifice. How do we serve the community? How do we serve ourselves so that we can be more involved in the community. Sixth house, goodness. 
So this Jupiter and Saturn conjunction is asking you, what is your work in the world? How do you serve? How do you heal? How do you heal yourself? And how do you heal the collective? How do you heal yourself so that you can better heal the collective? How does that all elevate your spirit? Where can this great conjunction propel your efforts to complete your most ambitious goals? Jupiter brings expansion, but Saturn brings the stability that you love so much. Think about a plane in the sky, air, Aquarius, but flying smoothly at 30,000 feet, Saturn, that good old stability coming through. The sixth house defines our work and our employment experiences, yes, but it also shows us how work defines who we are and the impact it has on our well-being, on our health. A conjunction in this area may show you a way to not let work get out of control. To not let work become an obstacle. To not let work prevent you from healing or dictating your life. It will promote a desire to take a new approach to how you get things done and how you ensure a mind-body connection throughout the process so that you can be of greater service, not just to the individual person, but to the masses. Maybe you're really into fitness. Maybe you're really into healthy eating. Maybe you need a podcast. <laughs> Maybe you need a lecture series. Maybe you need to write your tips and tricks down so that they can be shared. Maybe there's a group that is in desperate need of your organizational skills and your support. Sixth house. Serving the better part of Aquarius. Now my Leo risings, that is, not suns, my Leo risings. My Leo risings, this conjunction is hitting the zero degrees of your Libra house, your seventh house. Aquarius on the cusp of your seventh house, the house of partnerships, all kinds, marriage, the divorce, the business partnerships, the ex-business partnerships, the open enemies, which is anyone you are in opposition to. I love this. I love this house. Because the one thing I love about Saturn in the seventh house, regardless of transit, is the way it makes us serious and mature about who we combine our energy with. The only danger here, however, is at times we can let too much of Saturn's embedded fear or trepidation dictate or barricade us from diving deeper into the partnership we most desire. That is where Jupiter can do beautiful things. That is where Jupiter comes in and gives the better part of itself to Saturn to say we can be safe here and wise here at the same time. The questions that are being asked in this dynamic is how have you held yourself back from love 
and connection? How have you held yourself back by projecting the fears you have about partnership on to a potential love interest? Where have you allowed yourself to feel stuck and subdued in love and in business partnerships? Where have you sat back into old patterns and old ways of thinking? Aquarius is a stubborn sign too, you know. It is a fixed sign. So there's a a layer of stubbornness that exists within it. Maybe not as much as another fixed sign, but enough. And so how have you been so stuck in your ideals, Leo Risings, that it has prevented you from fully merging with another human being? And so Jupiter and Saturn help to restart that energy in really how you think about partnerships and to also bring and usher in partnerships that help you flex this energy. So it's not just about the the energy that is ripe within that house. It's also about what cosmically opens up for us in order to demonstrate the attributes with this conjunction. So it's not just about reframing how you think about partnerships, how you think about the past, how you think about old relationships or old loves or new relationships and new loves, but it also gives you the opportunity and the motivation and the instinct and the wisdom to try something new, to look at partnership from a new and pure and hopeful part of yourself, a part of yourself that is untainted and untamed no matter how long you've been on the planet. Just like with the fifth house energy, it's never too late to have a happy childhood and it is never too late to be happily in love. My Cancer Risings, Aquarius rules your eighth house. The eighth house is a wonderful place because it deals with the underbelly of our existence. The eighth house is where we merge our identities with another. Think about it. In the previous seven houses, you spent each one defining yourself and connecting with how you feel about love and money and sex and health and identity. Now it's time to connect all of those dots with someone else who has spent the last seven houses doing the same thing. We usually never think about it that way, right? That when we move past the union of the seventh house, that we enter into a space with someone who is having the same evolution as we are. And so the individual eyes leading up to the eighth house, I am, I have, I say, my home, how I express myself, where I work, and who I love and want to partner with becomes we, us, and our. Our money, our intimacy, our bills, our depth, our shared pain, our shared experiences, our trauma, our rebirth. The Great Conjunction illuminates and provides a reset for how we merge in each other, (laughs) how we merge with each other, not in each other, but that works too, in each other, with each other, around each other, how we merge together in the eighth house. How we dive into the depths of our spirit to be a better partner, to be a better friend, 
to be a better partner in relationship to just other people doesn't necessarily have to be romantic. How can we be a more emotionally resilient human being when we start to connect with the greater collective and we start to connect in individual experiences and we meet disappointment that may come from that or we meet the need to share when we connect with people? How do we get out of our own way? The eighth house takes us where we sometimes don't want to go. It is the underbelly, the paperwork of partnership, <laughs> the underbelly of, of connection. Everything up until that point was really cute and external, but now it's like, oh, we live together now. Oh, we have to do things together now. Oh, we have to merge together now. And that it can be tricky. And that's what the eighth house deals with. However, this great conjunction supports the capacity to withstand whatever we pull out of that rubble, whatever we unearth from these actions. This house marks the place equally where transitions and, en- transitions and endings can occur externally. The fourth house, believe it or not, is also a place of endings. It defines how we end stuff. Like, how do we end things? How do we, like, you know, get out of situations? The eighth house can demonstrate endings that happen around us and how we react to that. What do we do in those times of crises when we have to metaphysically rebirth ourselves, if you will? And so Jupiter and Saturn help to give us some power an opportunity to look at all our transformations up until this point and to try something different in how we tackle these dark areas. Jupiter brings light, Saturn brings shadow, and together they bring power. And so this is where we can dream up a new way through our emotional boundaries and find the freedom and the wealth because this is a money house too. It's money that's shared, it's money that's inherited as opposed to money that you earn. This is a money house. So where's the freedom and the wealth that can come through looking at eight house concepts from its opportunity versus its weakness versus what it takes away. My Gemini risings, you have Aquarius on the ninth house. The ninth house. Wow. I love the ninth house. I love it. I do. It really speaks to me. No matter what sign is in there, it really speaks to me. What a place to have a conjunction of this magnitude. Jupiter naturally governs the ninth house. Did you know that? If you didn't, it does. So that's just pure fun. The ninth house is where we explore other things that are beyond our reach. So if the eighth house deals with the discovery of things kind of seeding and and underneath the surface, this house, the ninth house, governs beyond our sphere of influence, beyond anything that we think is possible, beyond anything that we can see with our two eyes. If the third house is about local and near, the ninth house is where you get far, where you get foreign, and where you get cosmic. This is the house where you think bigger. 
for things are just bigger here. What lands do you want to explore? Who are the new people you want to meet? What philosophies do you have? What's the state of your spirituality right now? Are you interested in diving into new ways to connect with God or your higher source? Are you looking at new philosophies and ancient practices or practices that have never been thought of yet? Are you thinking of your own spiritual practice to follow based on the alchemy of other experiences you've had in your life? How do you go about exploring the deeper recesses of your mind? This house also represents higher education. So while the third house was about like, you know, elementary school, junior high school, maybe even high school. This is college and beyond. This is college and seminars and certifications and uh, retreats, foreign travel. And in this case, foreign is anything outside of your local environment. So it's anything that the third house does not govern. Whatever is foreign to you. It's new customs, it's new languages. And it's a new enthusiasm for what life has to offer. And that enthusiasm comes from new discovery. If you're the person that always, oh, life is so boring or people are so boring, you're not reading enough. You're not thinking enough. You're not connecting with enough people. You're not learning enough. There's so much information. There's so much information in libraries, in bookstores, on the internet. There's so many different people with so many different birth charts. (laughs) There's so many different configurations of this crazy world. How could you possibly be bored? There's so many different parts of you you haven't even discovered yet. That also is ninth house stuff. Get to it. Learn. Search. Life is always going to be boring if you don't seek to know. Someone is always going to be boring if you don't seek to know them. And so let this conjunction unearth the seeker's mind in you, the seeker's heart in you. Get your Carmen San Diego on. Get your Dora the Explorer on. Get your Explorer on. Put on an Explorer outfit. Just don't colonize nothing. Just explore things <laughs> and enjoy them as they stand, as they are. Appreciate them. Love them. Leave them alone, though. Let them stay there. Read, think, know. That's where the jolt of energy is coming from. Whether it is physical, whether it is psychological, seek in the ninth house. The tenth house, my Taurus risings. How y'all doing? My Taurus risings. Mm. The tenth house. Wow, I love the 10th house too. We just came out of a collective 10th house. And so we talked a little bit about that. The 10th house focuses a lot on vocation, yes. You'll hear a lot of times it's talked about as the career, yes. But why career? Because again, a career, hopefully, aspirationally defines a person's calling. We, we hope that if someone's on a career path, I'm using air quotes as I say that, that they are on the path of their calling. Sometimes you're not though. Sometimes your career path is the path that makes you the most money. So you're satisfying the second house concepts. But the 10th house is really for that. It is the house that answers the question, 
What do you want to be known for? What do you want the world to see when they hear your name, when they see your face? How do you want the world to see you? The 10th house also rules a, uh, an unspoken concept a lot of the times, I feel like, or it's not, I don't want to say unspoken. It's not spoken as much as I think it should be because it's so important. But the 10th house also reflects the position and attitude and influence of the person you most admire. In some texts, you might say, you might hear it written as the shaping parent, right? Because fourth house has parents in there. But the 10th house is like the person that made you, the person that shaped you, the person that had a true handle on your upbringing. And for for a lot of people, although you may grow up in a two-parent household, there is what's known as the shaping parent, right? So there's the parent that was there that helped you, you know, and, and reared you and stuff like that. But there's the one that you probably always tried to impress, even if it was subconscious. Even if you grew up in a single parent household, just because a parent isn't there doesn't mean they don't have influence. And so sometimes you have a parent that may not be in your home, but their memory or the fact that they're not there shapes you. Or you have a single parent household where your mother or your father, your person is so dominant, your grandparent, they're such a dominant force that they become the shaping parent. And so it's like the other parent or parents didn't exist, right? Sometimes it's the memory if you're adopted. Sometimes it's the memory of your birth parent that shapes you and the need for them. Or it's the adoptive parent. So they always feel like your parent. But they shape you. They help to define you. They're who you're trying to impress. When you're in school and they ask you, Who's the person you most admire? That person. When I was in school, it was my mom, my dad, my grandma, my uncle. That's the shaper. Tenth house is where they sit. You can tell a lot about who shaped a person by looking at their tenth house. And so Jupiter and Saturn comes into this place and pushes you to say, pushes you to think, how do you want the world to see you now? So similar to the fourth house, how do you redefine parent, your, your, your parents' patterns? How do you rewire the system? How do you fix the glitch in the matrix? How you've always been seen, is that how you want people to see you now? If not, let this conjunction help you find a new image. How do you want the collective to respond to you? How do you want the collective to see you? The second house is money making, and that could be anything. The sixth house is how you do the work you do, but the 10th house is how you live in the minds of others. So if you've ever worked with someone who you feel like they don't do shit, they don't do anything, (laughs) they go to work, they don't do nothing. But yet they live in the minds of others as being like the upstanding employee that everyone wants to work with. That's 10th house. That person may have a very strong 10th house. It's someone's reputation in the world. And it's no guilt or shame about it. It's just how that person lives in the minds of other people. What's the legacy? 
And so if you have no idea what this is for you or you're literally lost on what you want your legacy to be, let this conjunction help you. The sign of Aquarius is already focused on the collectives. So how can you take the micro level actions you do and are engaging in to the next level? How can you take it to the people? What revolution is building within you that you have stifled that can shape how people see you? This is where I would watch for changes and inspiration over the next 20 years. My Aries rising. Hi, Aries risings. Aquarius is on your 11th house. I'm going to take a sip of tea right now. Because every time I think about the 11th house, it cues like the TLC song, like, what about your friends? You know, what about your friends? Remember that? That's cute. It's a real cute song. It's a good song. But that's the 11th house song. Okay? That's the 11th house song. The 11th house is the nature and seat, really, of Aquarius and the natural zodiac, right? Which starts with an, an Aries rising because Aries is the first sign. Aries naturally governs the first house. And so when you have an Aries rising, you have a pretty standard astrological chart. All the signs are in order. <laughs> every, every sign governs the house that is most associated with them. And so Aquarius is in the 11th house. What the 11th house is naturally is the house of dreams and wishes and vision and collective interests and groups and friendships. It's about attaining identity and success or even deeper partnerships when the focus is outside of yourself and the focus is on the big picture. It's about the tribe, the soul tribe. This is a moment to connect deeper to yourself by way of others and how you connect and relate to others. There will be opportunities to meet new people, to explore new social circles, possibly upgrade your set of friends, not that the ones you have are bad. But with Jupiter and Saturn, maybe those friendships have a higher influence. You might even end a few friendships because they do not share your interests now. Because the next 20 years, your soul tribe is changing. You're connecting with people that best reflect your values and your innate desire to be a contributing member of that tribe may pull you away from other people that you once knew. Now, the third house focuses on friendships we grab from childhood, but the 11th house taps into friends we connect at mature stages of life or when we are engaged in targeted groups, right? So your book club, your astrology club, your you know, adult basketball club, whatever you're into now as a grown-up is different than what you were into as a child. So you can thank the Saturn rulership for that one because Saturn rules Aquarius and therefore Saturn has a rulership in the 11th house. This conjunction pushes us to grow within who we connect with and with whom we share our dreams with. We ain't sharing our dreams with everybody. Not with everybody. This is an opportunity to be intentional about who we let into our lives and what intentions we set for ourselves along this journey 
and to dream on a macro level because spirit is listening. My Pisces rising, my last and final sign. You are last, but you are never ever forgotten, Pisces rising. Aquarius is in your 12th house. This is all about the soul, baby. The spiritual depth of consciousness that is a culmination of all your experiences, all experiences. Your 12th house for everyone is a culmination of all experiences up until that point. It is where spirit rests. Get ready for wisdom with this conjunction. Get ready for a bit of inner peace. Get ready to dive deep. The 12th house represents the undoing, they call it. And for a while, I even thought about that as negative until I really sat with it and researched and dived into it and explored it. And what is really said about the undoing is the undoing of all of our gook and our stuff. It's where we get our, it's where we clean out the garbage. It's where we retreat from the craziness. It's where we find peace and seclusion and connect to a higher realm. It is the undoing of this day-to-day mundane reality because we somewhere in paradise in the 12th house. Whatever brings you paradise sits in the 12th house too. Whatever brings you paradise, that's different than fifth house joy. Paradise is transcendent. So my Pisces risings, get ready for a little bit of inner peace. Get ready for some big blessings when Jupiter enters a house that it also governs. Many may fear having Saturn there, but similar to the seventh or the eighth house where Saturn may sit, Saturn comes in to usher in a tone of seriousness and certainty, even in the realm of spirit. If you feel emotionally unstable or out of control or out of alignment, Saturn's going to snap you back. This is where you achieve the feeling of a strong inner knowing, no matter what life brings your way. Where Jupiter may want to expand, Saturn will help modify so that you can handle your need to escape with realism and find healthy ways to cope with whatever you find in the darkness. See, the eighth house is about unearthing, but not necessarily coping strategy. The twelfth house is where you can find your coping strategy. How do you deal with the unseen forces of what it means to be a spirit in human form? How might you take this energy outward and heal others? How might you help other people unearth new knowledge of the soul or break harmful patterns or become less afraid of what lurks in the shadows? How might you also break free and find the safety in freedom? How may you find the freedom that comes from discipline? How can your joys be lived fully? Let the conjunction show you the way. Thank you.
What a time to reincarnate, don't you think? What a time to see your shadow and your light meet. If you have rituals you cultivate or keep close for new moons or intentions or initiations, this is a time to use them. Draw the salt bath, light the candles to represent the birth of a new star in air. The planets are also stars. They were to the ancients, they still are now. They're just stars that move. So light your candles, light your fire. Write your intentions down and use positive affirming language. Don't talk about what you don't have. Speak truth to what you do have and what you are and what you are cultivating in your life. You don't want love. You are love. You don't want great health. You are healthy. You are wealthy. You are whole. Speak love and blessings into your life. Spirit is listening. That is all for our special episode, my darlings. Again, my name is Siobhan, and I am so thankful for you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for commenting. Thank you for sharing this podcast. Thank you for sharing your love and your time. Thank you for hearing my musings. Thank you for applying any piece of it to your life. Uh, this might be, I think, I think I might chill for the rest of the year. I think I might I think I might chill here like the rest of the world. I think I might take this time to just chill and we'll maybe start up in January uh, when Mars gets the hell up on out of Aries and we can talk about what 2021 is to bring. But for now, enjoy this time. Enjoy this moment. Happy, great conjunction, my darlings. What a time to be here. What a time to be. Blessings. Bye.